Thank you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. And I'm your co-host for this episode, Alessandra Levy. I'm so excited today. We have a very special guest who is near and dear to my heart. Her name is Emily Decker, and she is a personal trainer with a focus on intuitive movement and embodiment. So I'm so excited. Please welcome Emily Decker to the podcast. Hi. Hi, Emily. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited for that you're here, and I'm so excited that you were like, yeah, let's do this. I think what you do is so important, and obviously we're going to dive into it, but I just I think it's something that more people probably need to know about because it's it's not something that, you know, day to day we're kind of experiencing on a mass level. Yeah, totally. There's a big culture of disconnection in, uh, in fitness and movement. I agree. So since I know a lot about you, but maybe the listeners don't know who you are, I'd love for you mm-hmm. to just, you know, introduce yourself and give us a little background mm-hmm. on you. Yeah, I am like you said, personal trainer, focus on intuitive movement um, and, and call it embodied fitness. And I went to school to become a therapist. Actually, I, I got my master's degree in social work. Uh, and then I switched gears because I really wanted to be more active on my feet into fitness. I became a CrossFit coach. Uh, and then over the years, started realizing I did not want to be part of the diet culture mm name of the game. Yeah. Uh, not that, not that, you know, all CrossFit gyms are like that, that they're not all the same, but mm-hmm. uh, that I really wanted to help people find more consistency and fulfillment in movement. Uh, so I started studying to become a somatic experiencing practitioner. I have one more year of that training left and have really focused on helping people reconnect with their bodies during movement, helping them find ways to move that feel aligned with their energy on any given day so that it isn't, I have to do this. It's what would feel best. And yeah, so that's in a nutshell where things came from and what I do now. That's amazing. And so I noticed you said the word somatic and maybe Mm -hmm. some people don't know exactly what that means either. So you want to just expand a little bit on what somatic learning is or somatic training that you've been doing. Yeah. So somatic work is body awareness, nervous system regulation work, and somatic experiencing is a modality specifically that's used with a lot of trauma practitioners to help people process negative experiences through um, completing cycles of nervous system actions like fight, flight, Mm -hmm. uh, freeze, kind of resolving some of unresolved trauma and memory. But that has expanded now to also include people who are movement professionals, um, other people who work with clients during traumatic situations uh, to like really kind of dig into how to stay regulated and find more connection with the body. So somatics is just like it's a big umbrella term mm-hmm. of body and nervous system awareness. Okay, great. Yeah. And that's obviously very important. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to bring it back to, you know, you becoming a trainer. And so you kind of touched upon it a little bit, but it would just, I would just love to know. And I think the listeners would like to know what sort of drew you to fitness and maybe at the time it's different than it is now for you. Mm -hmm. But at the time, what did you feel like was drawing you to fitness? And um, obviously now into, like you said, more of somatic experiencing. So maybe just like giving a little overview of like how you got into fitness and then where you are today, maybe give us Mm -hmm. a little bit of a journey of that. I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah. So I, 
I went through a really hard time personally when I finished graduate school and I got a social work research job, like working from home. Uh, and I was, I was personally struggling with a lot of mind body disconnection. I have a disorder that's very rare. It's called depersonalization derealization syndrome. And it's like a chronic state of feeling disconnected from your body and your surroundings or like you're like in a movie or in a dream. Um, and I've had it for probably like 20 years and in, in it's significantly better today. Yeah, um, but I didn't know at the time that I, you know, when I, when I graduated graduate school and this was all like really kicking up, I didn't know what it was. Uh, and I didn't realize I ha- how long I had had it for on a more mild level. So all I kind of knew how to do as I was you know, trying to find a therapist who was well-versed in that and, and trying to kind of find what would like light me up on a day-to-day basis was, well, yeah, what I, all I was trying to do is find what light, would light me up on a day-to-day basis. And <laughs> right. what I, yeah, what I fell into was um, intense movement specifically mm. and, and like some more creative stuff that I was also working on at the time. And then, and then eventually over time, I just kind of transitioned to focus on those things and, and um, left my research job. Yeah. And I got really into intense, like high intensity, heavy lifting, trying to get a PR. Um, You know, I got very like strong and fast quickly. And I also tore my rotator cuff. (laughs) And yeah, so Hmm. uh, I definitely like kind of drank the Kool-Aid of, of no pain, no gain. And, and it, and it, I will never be a person who um, who demonizes that, demonizes that people make that choice for themselves to do that. Let me be clear about that. Like I'll demonize that me- messaging all day, but right. when people choose that for themselves, I'll never demonize that because for me personally, I think it almost kind of saved my life that I had that outlet for a while. Yeah. And then as like I was figuring out how to come more back to my body in a more manageable way that started seeming not just less necessary, but I was seeing how it was contributing to this like unprocessed disordered eating I'd had for a long time and also contributing to the the disconnection with my body and how much I was ignoring my body signals mm. to go through that. So, you know, when you have those kind of realizations and you're also working in that field, it's kind of impossible to be like, okay, well, I, well, I'm going to change everything I'm doing for myself, but I'm going to keep doing the same thing for everyone else. (laughs) Like, you know, you want to, I realized that I did not want to be causing the same problems for other people that this, this was also contributing to for me. So the deeper I got into somatic and embodiment work, the more I realized that there was an entirely different way to approach working out in movement. I also then at the beginning of the pandemic, I was very sick for a while. Don't know if it was COVID. I didn't qualify for a test. This was back when you had to qualify for tests. And I didn't get an antibody test until I was out of the window of when it would have been reflective. So I don't know what it was, but like mono or just like really intense, like stress. And eventually, a long time later, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Um, But at the time, it was like, I would do an intense workout. And then I'd just be in bed for like, feeling like I had like the flu and exhausted for a couple of days. And then I'd feel better and I do another one. And it was just kind of a cycle. So finally I rested and I had to reimagine, you know, completely my relationship with 
specifically running was something that has been in my life my whole life. And I said, you know what, I have to put the trackers away. I have to turn the music off. And this needs to, if I want to ever jog again, I have to be really specific with what my body's telling me at any given time. And so it started to become more meditative. And I'm actually like really grateful for not that, I don't know if I want to say I'm really grateful for that time of like sickness and stress. I'm definitely not grateful for the pandemic, but I am grateful for the lessons that it taught me in being more present and approaching, having just a new catalyst to continue to approach fitness in a different way and practice that on a daily basis. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, it's a lot to to sit with, I know. And as someone who also has an autoimmune d- disease and who's had mono who that turned into Epstein-Barr virus and has you know mm. been in bed and had lots of fatigue. And I understand it's like, you don't want to say like, yeah, I'm thankful for this. But like you said, sort of realizing what are the lessons? And I mean, the fact that it has been transformative for, for your life, but then also to turn around and actually implement it into your business and implement it mm. into what you're providing for people. I mean, that's really special and really amazing mm. because again, there're n- really not many personal trainers that are doing this. I mean, I I'll give a little background just of how, you know, how we come to know each other for the listeners out there. I was looking for a trainer who was going to focus on not taking before and after photos and not weighing in and not telling me what to eat and what not to eat. And I was really looking for a trainer who was just going to like help me to you know, want to do things differently and be like, still be strong and have little like, I don't want to say goals, but just have intentions of what I wanted to do for my body, but not having to do with anything like I've had trainers before where it's like very goal oriented and very like check-ins and weigh-ins and, uh, you know, just really harsh. And like you said, not listening to your own body, which I think is so prevalent. I mean, it's pretty much all, almost all that's prevalent in in sort of fitness and in the fitness industry, wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? I mean, I, yeah, it's it's a huge, huge problem. Uh, and also, I do think there are coming to be more people on a kinder and less toxic, mm-hmm. body obsessed side of it. Um, you know, there are starting to be a lot more non diet, anti diet mm-hmm. types of trainers and. And, you know, people who will be more flexible. And I do think that's important because that really shapes our relationship with movement. When we kind of think about our first experiences with movement, a lot of people think about like PE and having to run the mile or, uh, you know, that, that whole like exercise feeling like confining and punishing can start pretty early and, you know, exercise for you have to be thin, you have to have a certain body type or for, for men, like you have to be muscular, you know, it's the pressure and the, like the thinking about the body rather than experiencing the body, like that all starts very, very early. And so I I am glad that there are starting to be more, there's starting to be more messaging that's running counter to that over the, over the course of life. If, if we're wanting to have a sustained relationship with movement until we're, you know, 80, 90, 100, or however we're lucky to live, we we don't want to be going into these, like, I have to force my body into doing this and then burning out like these cycles over and over again, which, you know, aren't, aren't great for our health, to be honest. 
Yeah. And so I kind of want to, you, you sort started to touch on this, but I think I would love to go a little bit deeper on, on this. I would love to know, I mean, obviously I think listeners are starting to understand why it's important to be in your body when you're moving. Mm -hmm. Right. But I guess from your perspective, I'd love to know why is it so important that when we are moving or we decide we want to move in all the different ways we can and we want to, why is it so important for us to start to shift our mindset with that? Mm, Great question. So the first thing I would say is that it isn't, you don't have to. I will say that as the first thing, because Hmm. I do know plenty of people who are able to, you know, in, in their perspective, like maintain their, their workout routine. And, and I have heard people say, I like to work out because I don't want to have to think I come here and I don't want to have to think I want to be told what to do. And if that's you, that's fine. And if that, you know, if there isn't a problem there, that's fine. What, what I think happens for more people and why there's such a problem of weight cycling um, in our culture of like, of, you know, dramatically losing weight and then gaining back, which we, we know is more dangerous than never having dieted in the first place or gone into an extreme exercise uh, program. One, one reason I think that that's so, so common is because we have been completely trained out of checking in with our body. We've been so trained out of saying, this is too much for me and I need to dial it back. I need to rest. I need to slow down. You know, it's very much like, don't slow down, keep it up, keep pushing through. And again, some people find that really empowering. And for some people, maybe some days that's really empowering. But if it is for what I see for a lot, a lot of people and totally is a natural response is that that makes us feel trapped. If we're going to start moving, well, a lot of people start feeling it kind of paralyzed to even begin or, or think like, I don't have an intuition for movement that I don't have that I just want to sit on the couch like I, I, I don't have that, or it sounds awful. Why would I want to do that? A lot of times there is dig a little bit deeper. Something that kind of comes up is the idea that if I start, I have to do X amount. And then if I want to get X results, I have to do X amount for X days. And then it just starts feeling so overwhelming. And this thought process that runs through all those steps can happen so fast, like that whole cycle. And it has a somatic effect of, of that, like almost like a freeze response of this is a threat. And so I, why would I start and put myself in that situation? And so what I would say is the importance and the value of checking in with our body before, during, after movement is that when that becomes the priority, we can be much more flexible and adaptable. And it's no longer like, oh, five minutes of stretching or mobility doesn't count. It's like, of course it counts when that's what the body is asking for in this moment. And if it's five minutes today and I get in this pattern of listening to what my body's asking for, then over time, I'm going to start hearing when it's saying, I want to go for a walk. I maybe, I, oh, now, now I'm on a walk. Like maybe I want to jog to that tree, you know, and like, no, that felt good or, oh, that felt like a little too much. And it's, and we kind of start finding our comfort zones and, and some of our body sensations start making more sense. Again, I, I it's not like you have to do it this way. It's the only way I want to do it. And it's what I, what I have 
you know, found to be like so sustainable over time and, and encourage so much peace because there's so much less judgment and pressure. And it's about that fulfillment and enjoyment. And again, it doesn't mean that you can't have goals or strength and endurance goals. Like you absolutely can. Uh, but there's a kind of a spectrum of how you'll go about, about meeting those. And there's, and there's flexibility around what that will look like on any given day. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a lot of amazing information. And I feel like I know for me, I mean, I'm I'm sort of practicing this with you and sort of on my own. I've worked with some somatic teachers and sort of trying to understand like what these impulses look and feel like. I mean, I know what you mean, being a part of not much influence, but also impacted by diet culture. And, mm-hmm. you know, just remembering, like, even for me, when I started to recover from eating, uh, you know, eating disordered and disordered eating, one of the main things was like, am I actually hungry? Because I think for a while I was like, mm, maybe I'm just thirsty because that's what we're taught mm. in diet culture. Oh, you're not hungry. You probably just need to drink more water. And so mm-hmm. you're right. We just have become so disconnected over time with our own bodies that we even question whether or not we're hungry or not. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like that. That's just what it brought up for me of just like, yeah, you're right. Just over time, if we're not checking in, like you said, even before, during, after, at any point when you're moving or really eating or doing anything else where at at maybe one point we were just so disconnected with ourselves. I think that's really important and um, really amazing. I guess my next question would be for the listener out there, if they're like, wow, this sounds really awesome. Like I would have never thought about this or it sounds something like, you know, I feel like I want to do that because maybe I didn't have a good relationship with exercise. Maybe they heard you talk about PE and they were like, oh my God, I tried to do a pull-up and I couldn't do it. And then I felt terrible for the rest of my life, you know? So Mm -hmm. it could be hitting someone like, wow, you know, that's right. I hate running because I used to be forced to run the mile in under 13 minutes or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So if the listener is out there going, you know, this sounds like something I maybe need in my life. What would you say would be some like first, you know, very gentle steps of, of just Mm -hmm. realization or, or just, um, self-awareness, like where would someone even begin? Yeah. The first thing that I would say is consider scheduling the time, not the activity. Uh, so it can be easier like looking at a schedule for this like crazy work obsessed culture we have <laughs> where everyone is very, very busy. Uh, it can, you know, it can be easier to schedule the time in it that you'll have free in the rest of the week without scheduling or without having to know exactly how you're going to feel in that moment. Because I think a lot of times people kind of schedule workouts and then it comes and you're like, I'm exhausted, you know? Mm-hmm. So kind of schedule the chunk, whether it's like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, um, tentative plans to do. Maybe I'll, I'll do this class or this class on YouTube, depending on how I'm feeling. Uh, And then when it comes, like take some time to take some breaths, notice your energy level, ask yourself what would feel best right now and try and lean into that. And one way that I like to do that too, and one practice that I find really valuable is if you're one of the many people who just kind of constantly feels exhausted, well, first of all, sleep more if possible, (laughs) Um, but sometimes (laughs) it's not, you know, but, uh, but not Not with the basics. Yeah, but not not feeling rested is a and, and, and being kind of like overworked is a huge epidemic in our society that contributes to reasons like why 
when you are have a stressful job, even if you're sitting down all day, you're going to be emotionally exhausted by the end of the day. So what I suggest kind of in those circumstances is have that time scheduled where you can uh, just get a yoga mat out, lie down, ask what is the smallest movement that would feel good or okay right now. And like, maybe it's like some wrist circles or some glute bridges or just like go trying to like activate the core by doing a couple of like kind of crunches and just noticing the muscles start activating and then see like, do I have areas of tension? Is there an area that I want to mobilize because it feels a little tight from, from today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as you're kind of opening those joints, doing some arm circles or pec stretches in the doorway and doing some leg swings and whatever is kind of like it's flowing into continuing to notice how the energy is shifting or staying the same and what might be being asked for next. And, and that's kind of how I run my um, initially work with like my brand new clients is, is that kind of just like tracking and checking in and, and noticing just to kind of practice that body attunement. Mm-hmm. what I've noticed for a lot of people, and this is not the goal. This is just something that hap- has, has happened for a lot of people in doing that energy starts to build, but again, without the pressure that it has to. So it potentially could build to a point where it's like, I'm going to do a couple of sets of squats and some bicep curls, or yeah, maybe that like 10 minute yoga video would feel good now with the understanding I don't have to finish it. And then maybe it continues to build past that, or maybe less than that, just kind of start navigating and practicing to, to learn something new, to have a new experience. I I think that's the perfect way to think about it. And I don't, maybe not perfect is not the right word, but, (laughs) but I think that's an amazing way to think about it because like you were mentioning before, our culture is so like zero to a hundred and Mm -hmm. this practice is not that this Mm -hmm. practice isn't like, oh, I feel like moving. Let me go run five miles immediately. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, you're saying, hey, start just by like moving your shoulders or moving your arms. Maybe all of a sudden you're like, you know, actually I didn't stretch this morning. I'm going to you know, I'm going to put my hands over my head and stretch. And then, you know, it might Mm -hmm. turn into like, maybe you're just kind of like rolling around the ground and you're like dancing almost. I mean, it could like turn into anything, right? Mm -hmm. You know, turn into stretching or yoga, or all of a sudden you might like want to jump up and down or. So I think the, the idea is for someone that, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, that it's just the initial, just checking in and seeing what feels good and then kind of doing it and then seeing as it like how it progresses and what it turns into next so it's like body led like you're you're letting your body and mm-hmm. your mind kind of talk to each other and your emotions and see like what you want to do yeah absolutely cuz the overarching goal there is to to transform that relationship with movement to have that new experience and a lot of like things that can push back on that are the like is this enough? Does this count? And I just want to address that because I'm sure somebody's thinking that. (laughs) Uh, uh, Once that getting back into the body and and noticing what feels good and what doesn't and what you are moving towards on any, at any given time, once that starts becoming more natural, bringing back in structure or potentially like if you do have a goal or something like that, bringing that back in, will look very different. Like it can still happen. It can still be okay. Like I've been practicing this for a while now and 
Um, I do really want to work on getting less winded when I'm going up the stairs. And so, uh, you know, there are ways to then, you know, have some ideas of movements where, again, we can check in to see, does this feel aligned with where I am? Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch. Maybe I need to ease into it Mm -hmm. uh, to see if it's a yes today, uh, but not having so much pressure that, yeah, going from zero to a hundred and like, we need to, we need to get it done. We need to check it off the list and just being more flexible with it. I feel like this is, you know, obviously it's like there's, it's so much information, but I also feel like we were able to distill it down for people to just really understand that this is something that is gentle and you go slow and you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to get it right immediately. This is like a learning process. And this is like a rediscovering, like you're saying, you know, we're rediscovering how to be with our body, how to be with our mind, how to check in, how to feel what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what serves us, what doesn't, you know, if we're doing an exercise and we're like, you know what, I don't want to do it anymore. You stop. It's okay. There's not someone in the back of your head, like a coach going, you're not giving up, you know, like there's not, Mm. there's gentleness, there's understanding, there's a big learning curve, right? This is like something that people are starting to explore or maybe want to start exploring. So I think that's just a really great message that you're, that you're putting forth of just Mm. learning how to lean in and listen to your body and just reconnect. I mean, that's really right. That's like the number one, Mm -hmm. just to actually probably after a lot of us have gone through a lot of stress and trauma with movement, you know, if we've been on a sports team or had a coach or whatever, or another personal trainer that maybe wasn't as gentle or understanding. I mean, so I think that's really great to just kind of peel back all the layers, start simply just with yourself, just checking in, you know, I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's really such a great way to just get started. And I think for the listener out there, they're going to be able to listen to this and go, you know what, this is something that I can do because everyone can do it. You know, it doesn't involve, okay, you got to go out and get weights and you got to go out and get bands and a workout system. And no, it's like you just starting with yourself and your body. And I think Mm -hmm. that is how it's going to get to the masses and more people are going to leave diet culture and be like, oh yeah, you know, that was kind of messed up. I want to go back to the basics and just learn how to listen to my body. So this has just been so amazing. And I'm I'm really excited for people to hear this because I think that, I mean, I know I can say for me, it's changed my life. It's changed my outlook. Obviously, it's changed your life and your outlook because not only have you changed it for yourself, but you've incorporated it in your working with your clients. And so mm-hmm. I think it's just truly amazing what you're doing. And I would love to just, um, mm-hmm. before we start to say like, oh, where can we find you and all that? Is there just anything else you'd like to mention or or any any like little, you know, nugget of wisdom you'd like yeah. to give? <laughs> yeah. The one thing that I will I will add is that for a lot of people, checking in with the body can be frustrating or at, at the very beginning, or it can be scary and overwhelming depending on what we've been ignoring for a really long time. It can be a little bit confusing. So if this is something that like you're interested in kind of starting and and leaning into, it can be helpful to have some support around that, whether that's, you know, a trauma informed trainer um, or somatic trainer or a somatic therapist or someone who can kind of support that as you start that process. Cause for some people it definitely can be intense and, and that doesn't mean that it's wrong. Um, What that means is that we need to create more spaces of safety for the body to feel safe to, um, allow for the awareness of it. Great reminder, just in anything, but especially for this. Yeah. It's a great reminder that there are resources. 
You can ask for help. You can look for support. That is why we're here. We're not meant to do everything alone. We're meant to have community. We're meant to have people to help us through things. So that's wonderful. So thank you so much. I just want you to be able to share where people can find you. I mean, I know for me, besides working with you personally, I think also I love seeing what you post on your Instagram. So I think it'd be great for you to let people know where they can find you so that they can see, you know, the great videos that you make that have really wonderful suggestions and tips. Yeah. So my Instagram is at Emily Decker fitness. And then my website is www.emilydeckerfitness.com. And and that kind of talks more about what working with me looks like. Um, I'm running a group right now that's going to wrap in about a week and a half. And I'll probably be running that group next year as well. It's called the embodied fitness group. Um, Or you can email me at emilydeckerfitness at gmail.com. Amazing. You make it very easy for people to find you. So (laughs) wonderful. Well, that'll also be in the show notes. And I just wanted to thank you again from the bottom of my heart for coming on here and talking to people and sort of spreading this amazing, uh, (laughs) the amazing gospel. No, just (laughs) appreciate that you're, you're spreading this wonderful information and, uh, the practice of intuitive movement and embodiment, which I think is, we're talking about just so key and really a great way to check back in and get connected or reconnected to your body. So I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this. And um, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Be sure to share with a friend, follow and subscribe. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out.